Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman at the Kensington Oval where cricket balls are flying everywhere. If this podcast stops abruptly, you'll know why. Plenty to talk about on today's show with England captain Owen Morgan keen to start 2019 well with the World Cup 100 days away. An important strength of ours has always been to, to look forward but not too far forward. I think it's, it's, it's extremely important, particularly, like I mentioned, in these conditions against a very strong opposition, to take it on a game-by-game -game basis because we're still looking to improve. We're not looking to stand still and, and look back at any of the success that we've had already. It's about learning as much as we can and, and getting better at consistently winning. Our prep being learning every, every time we, we, we turn up um, to play in... in, in in whatever conditions dicta are dictated to us. You can hear all of that interview, plus his counterpart, Jason Holder, who's looking forward to a bumper crowd here in Barbados on Wednesday. Yeah, it's really good to have them in the crowd supporting us, you know, around, uh, amongst the, the English fans as well, you know. I tend to enjoy the English fans as well, you know, and I guess the banter within the stands is pretty good as well to see. So, yeah, it should be a really good spectacle, and hopefully both teams can put on a really good show. More of that, plus a bit of football commentary as England players take to the field, bomb squad avoidance, and we get a bit of some burn thanks to chris gale and if you like what you hear be sure to subscribe through your favorite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from england's tour of the caribbean you're listening to following on So it's myself and Gareth Batty looking a little bit sunburnt after waiting on the Kensington Oval for the best part of an hour for a certain Mr. Chris Gale who never showed. Um, Goffey got a bit of a top, top, uh, top up of his tan as well. 
essentially Chris Gale does what he wants doesn't he you, you go to the mountain the mountain doesn't come to you and that's that's what it proved but we will hear from Chris on Thursday hopefully well the universe boss it uh, it sums it up he, he does what he wants and there's probably a song about that isn't there um, but um, no it's uh, it's an amazing amazing venue I've been here a few times and the sun's out there's a beautiful breeze coming across uh, England are playing football West Indies have just finished playing football. They've they've sort of finished their training. It's it's all set up for a wonderful five Test match series. And uh, Chris Gale is he going to be the man to uh, be that lucky fella to finish his career with uh, a wonderful five match series against England with lots of hundreds? Well, we shall see. Should we have a little walk across the outfield actually? Because as you say, the England team are just uh, playing a bit of football. Who are the who are the gun footballers uh, in the Surrey side? In the Surrey side, we don't have that many. Um, ben Fox is a pretty good player. He's a bit lazy, but he's uh, he's technically good. He you know he's silky. He's got all the skills, but he's lazy. Sam and Tom Curran are both horrifically bad. Uh, too much of uh, South African boarding school there. Well, that would probably rule out quite a lot of England players. Certainly, uh, ten years ago, maybe not now. As is that Curran who just loses the ball there? Or is it Joe Root? He's a bit of a goal hanger. He's old Rooty boy. The ball's just coming towards us. Johnny, oh Johnny Burstow. Oh, Johnny Burstow just playing a little bit of football, just taking the ball down, turning nicely and passing back into the field of play. He doesn't play football anymore. There's an exclusive for you. Yeah, he uh, he had his itchy feet there. You could see it. It, it would be tearing him apart. That There's one thing about cricketers around the world, and even the Asian teams now are starting to play football. They just love this 10 minutes pre-cricket skills or game or whatever, playing the football. And Johnny there, he stood with the management because of obviously the uh, the injury and shit like But the ball just came across his bow and he's, he's getting in there. He had a little flick and a pass back and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I fancy having a piece of this. <laughs> Look at him, he is itching, isn't he? He wants to get involved. He's desperate. You can see he's leaning forward. He's got the, he's got those eyes on him. He's, he, oh, he's, he's desperate. He's desperate for a kick. He's almost running over now as the ball runs out almost to a throw-in from Root and he's about to cross it in. Oh, is it more more on the back of the head? Slap. He can't cross. I tell you what, Joe Root cannot cross a football. Um, let's shall we talk about cricket. <laughs> Owen Morgan's spoken. Actually, let's hear from Owen Morgan. He's been uh, the captain, ODI captain, uh, in town ahead of the first ODI and he's been catching up with uh, Andrew McKenna. Owen, good to see you again. Um, first and foremost, the last time we saw you, you were literally running from the field in Colombo to make a flight. Not because you wanted to desperately get out, but because you were getting married. How did it go? Yeah, it went well. Uh, I had a fantastic time um, and, and very lucky. So um, it's, it's been thoroughly enjoyable and, and nothing has changed a great deal. But it's just, it was a nice day where we had a lot of friends and family there and, and we had a really good time. You didn't have much time to celebrate because you've then been disappearing off to Sharjah and then other tournaments around the world playing cricket. Yeah, it was quite a busy period, actually. Um, we went, well, I, I travelled over to play in the T10, which went off a bit of a hit again. It's, um, there were great reports from the audience and the, and the viewing figures and stuff. It's it's absolutely chaos to play in, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mad 20 overs and it's probably the least time you spend at a cricket ground. So it's... it's it's a bit of a shock to the system. Um, and then after that, I went down to uh, South Africa to play in the T20 tournament down there, which, which went really well. And uh, since then, I've had some time off. So a chance to recharge my batteries and, and refresh things and then come here and, and play this series, um, which is the start of, I suppose, the 11 games before we get into the World Cup, which um, we're all looking forward to. Given how big this year is, have you had the right balance between cricket coming into this and rest? Yeah, I think I have. Uh, we've been looking at this period in the lead-in for quite some time now. 
uh, and all the players are, are managed on an individual basis just to see how their workloads will go and then in the build-up to the World Cup and the Ashes guys are being monitored on a, on a very regular basis to make sure they feel fresh and hopefully peak at the right time. You've got a good series coming up here, this West Indies squad looks solid. I guess it's just what you need to start off a busy year to get some momentum going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be a tough series. Uh, when we came here in 2017, it, it was just that. Uh, I don't think the result necessarily reflects the series as a whole. Conditions here are probably as, as, as tough as we're going to face. Um, to play in these conditions in 2017, their preparation was very similar to the build-up to this series. Um, it's, it's been good, but it's been challenging at the same time. It, the conditions out here don't necessarily lend itself to expansive, aggressive cricket. And probably that's the, the, the strengths of our squad. Um, so it's a, it allows us to become better and to learn as much as we can about playing in conditions like this, because I think it'll hold us in really good shape going into the World Cup, um, particularly probably later on in the, in the tournament. We've both mentioned the World Cup. It's 100 days to the tournament. But you've got a series to win here. What's the balance between preparing for a World Cup and actually giving a series against the West Indies due and proper attention? Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think there, there is a balance. Um, an important strength of ours has always been to, to look forward but not too far forward. I think it's, it's, it's extremely important, particularly, like I mentioned, in these conditions against a very strong opposition, to take it on a game-by-game -game basis because we're still looking to improve. We're not looking to stand still and, and look back at any of the success that we've had already. It's about learning as much as we can and, and getting better at consistently winning. Um, and I think we're going to be challenged a, a great deal against very strong opposition throughout this series. Um, but it is on a game-by-game -game basis with our prep being learning every every time we, we, we turn up um, to play in, 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 in whatever conditions dicta are dictated to us. There's been a lot of talk about a certain Chris Gale. How much do you talk about him and how much do you have to say to them, he's one out of 11, we've got to give the others due respect as well? Absolutely. Uh, I don't think we've ever focused too much on one individual player and from experiences in previous teams when we have actually other people within the opposition have hurt us because we've spent so much energy on, on one player. He's a guy who's been around a very, very long time and we know how destructive he is, but equally in their team they have a, a number of destructive players um, and how they play sort of is, is a bit different to other opposition, so that poses a different challenge for our bowlers as well. The Test Match Series, I mean, they weren't exactly scoring slowly then. Are you just expecting, if you like, more of the same, a continuation? It's hard to tell. Um, I think conditions will dictate how everybody plays. Um, I don't think it's a case of you can just come out and, and, and continue to play whatever type of cricket you can. I think you've, you've got to be smart as an international cricketer and you've got to adapt to, to, to whatever's in front of you. Just finally, you had only one warm-up game. Um, would it be fair to say, therefore, that the team that was in that game is going to be very close to the one that is likely to be taking the field in Barbados tomorrow? Uh, here we have another training session to get through. Um, we have a very strong squad uh, with us at the moment where we, we, we don't have any injuries, which is pretty rare. Um, so that's, that means everybody's in good shape and hopefully we'll pick a strong enough squad to get, to get a result here tomorrow. Do you believe in momentum? So it's, it's, it's one of those words. I'm, I don't really b believe in it personally. Um, I just think that it's one of those things that kind of 
journalists use to segue between one game and the other. Once you're out in the field, what does the result from the last game really matter? Uh, what is important is knowing how to win close games. That's why I think people get confused between the, the, the in, inherent belief in your teammates so you can get yourself out of a sticky situation and win a match. Um, I don't really believe in momentum. What about you? Is momentum more confidence? Um, if you're winning games, if you're the momentum people talk about the you know we're, we're peaking at the right time or is it just that your confidence is there at the right time so that you it's all crescendoing at the, at the final part and obviously there has to be an amount of planning for the World Cup Morgan even if we bomb out in the World Cup Morgan has done something that no other England captain has ever done he's got a bunch of lads and he's got them playing the best cricket in the world in white ball cricket which is a phenomenal achievement he's got them all together and they play some magnificent mm. cricket it's so exciting to watch um, so momentum I don't know I don't know it, it, look if Morgan wants momentum I ain't arguing with it because I think he's done brilliant things uh, were you surprised at the timing of Paul Farbrace leaving the England squad to move to Warwickshire Yes, and I suppose it's pretty disappointing from an England fan point of view that it's the biggest year in our in our cricketing calendar from an international point of view that um, that we're losing um, you know the assistant coach. So very very tough and, and disappointing. I'm sure he would have thought it through. Um, mm. And these opportunities don't come along, and we've all got to make those tough decisions and make those choices. But um, I think from an England point of view, it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, so much focus on white ball cricket as well. You just feel it's a real turning point for the game because after this summer, the World Cup will be over. That's really been so much of the attention has been put on that in the last four years or so. Then, of course, the 100 comes in next year, World T20s. It, just, it seems to be changing times. Paul Farbrace leaving the squad. Uh, Trevor Bayliss is about to as well. What uh, chance Owen Morgan maybe taking over the ODI squad? Yeah, I mean, you talk about Owen Morgan, the, play, the role he's played within the success of this team. He's got the absolute backing of these players, hasn't he? And it, you've just got the feeling that whilst nothing official, you wouldn't be surprised if he did remove himself from, um, from on the playing front after the World Cup. I, I, could, I could see it. I don't know about you. I certainly wouldn't be against it in any way shape or form I, I think he's done amazing things as I've already said I, I suppose the decision for him is it's one thing being a captain and leading on the field and, and, and you're batting and you're fielding and being able to help players in the moment is it as simple a, a transition as oh well then I just go into coaching or management and you have that same influence and I think that's only a decision um, and, a, and a question that only he can answer whether he's comfortable with that um, but phew, we certainly need him around in some capacity, whether it's advisory, whether it is as a coach or whether it is as part of management, because he's had such a, an amazing effect. Um, and I would spend my own money to watch this England white ball team go about their business. Well, that's brilliant. Well, <laughs> not, keep, not, not for the next two weeks, though. <laughs> keep the invoice. Um, let's hear from the West Indies captain, Jason Holder. He's impressed so much uh, in the test arena. Missed that third test, of course, which West Indies lost. But back in control of this team on his home ground. Uh, what a force to be reckoned with. He will be when this first ODI gets underway. Well, Jason, here we go. Day before the start of this uh, one-day international series. And the start of a big year as well for all the teams in world cricket with a, a World Cup coming up. How important, therefore, is this series to the West Indies? It's really important. You know, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to see our players um, yeah, we, we finished off the, um, the latter half of last year, you know, pretty decent. You know, we didn't win the series, but you know, I felt as though we, we made some strides. You know, a lot of young players coming in and, and getting some scores under their belts, and you know, actually looking very, very impressive. So it's it's really good to see that. And then coming into this year, and you know, obviously we, we're just trying to gather some momentum heading into the World Cup as well. Too, um, yeah, perfect opportunity to see some combinations and and, and finalise the squad. White ball has been an area of strength for the West Indies the last couple of years or so. 
now you've coming in with some momentum from the from the test match series as well it's got to be a real good feeling within the camp yeah good feeling within the camp you know obviously the the heroics of the test side was was phenomenal and and just a matter of a few few test players transitioning into the white ball stuff and, and obviously with a number of the white ball players coming in as well so it's a good mix and you know hopefully the guys can hit the ground when they come tomorrow morning and you know start the series well england's the number one team you know we're quote unquote the underdogs and you know it's not a bad tag to have you know come into a series like this and hopefully you know we can, we can give them a fair a fair run sorry do the west indies like being underdogs um, I'm not sure if we like being on the dogs, you know, but we have been on the dogs in a number of occasions in the last however long, you know, and it's just a case for us, you know, to keep improving so we can move up the rankings and, you know, probably take the, the, the tag of, you know, the favourites. But um, it is what it is, you know, we're still ranked number nine and, and our goal is to get up to number one. You've got some good players in this squad. Obviously, Chris Gale stands out, but John Campbell came in and played in the test match in a way that was kind of almost white ball-esque. Are you just going to send him at the top of the order and say, just go on, carry on? Yeah, John has come into, into the squad, obviously due to a replacement for Evan Lewis. And you know, he's shown some really good signs in this series so far. He's shown no, not having well, not having signs of fear, you know, and that was really good for a very young player. And, you know, I wish him well, you know, I think he's he's got the attributes to become a really good white ball player for us. And, you know, I hope they can start the series well and, and carry some momentum into the latter half of the year. I know you probably won't tell me, but have you actually decided on the team for tomorrow yet, or are you still mulling over a couple of things? No, we haven't decided as yet. You know, we, we tend to leave it to the, to the morning of the game to make a final decision, just because you know how the pitches are in the car. I mean, we just want to see it um, early in the morning to see it and just make a determination on the squad. Now you know Barbados pretty well. The one thing that we spotted during the warm-up game at the Three Ws for England the other day was with an 11 o'clock start, you end up with a period where the lights are starting to take an effect, and the second innings you finish under lights. How significant could that be, and therefore how important could the toss be in these games? It's interesting, you know. Um, I haven't really played much cricket in the Caribbean. We're starting at 11 o'clock. Um, it's, a, it's a very peculiar start t- starting time, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll make a, a massive difference, you know. The guys are used to playing under lights and, you know, we formulate our plans around that as well too. So I don't think the toss will be that, that crucial. Um, sometimes in the Caribbean, we get a little tackiness up front in, in, in the early mornings. But, you know, again, I'll see how it looks tomorrow and then make a final determination. And I guess the lights at this ground are particularly good anyway, so it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, the lights are pretty decent, you know. And as I said before, a number of the guys have played here before and played enough um, DNA cricket to know what to expect. Now... The last day of the test series, they tried to get the locals in and, and enthuse them. I gather it's we're looking at about an 11,000 crowd for tomorrow, and a lot of those are going to be locals and coming and cheering you guys on. That's got to be fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's really good to know. Um, obviously, the, the Caribbean people like the, the shorter format. You know, it's, it's a bit more of a fun fair uh, um, festivities for them and. Yeah, it's really good to have them in the crowd supporting us, you know, around, uh, amongst the, the English fans as well, you know. I tend to enjoy the English fans as well, you know, and I guess the banter within the stands is pretty good as well to see. So, yeah, it should be a really good spectacle and hopefully both teams can put on a really good show. So 11,000 tickets sold for this ground. I mean, it's going to make quite a din, especially as it's a, it's a little bit later this match. So starts at 11 a.m. Barbados time, which means the last couple of hours are going to be, you know, actually after sunset. So, is that going to be something that, well, it will be. Would that mean that teams will be preferring to, to battle bowl uh, second, or will they not really take any consideration in that because it's a modern facility, the lights will take control, and teams are used to batting under them? I think it will depend on how they see the ball reacting um, once the lights come on. There is this twilight period at certain grounds. Um, I'm unsure as to whether there's, there's a problem with twilight here. I think that 
because the sun drops so quickly there's a minimal period where you're going to get that indifferent light um, I don't think there's a particularly big dew um, so if there were those things that you might be thinking about batting first um, so that you're not in those situations that the ball zips around a bit more because of the dew and so on and so forth from my knowledge of playing here on this surface it's just a very very good batting surface for the the white ball um, it doesn't deviate too much it's not there's no extreme pace there's no indifferent bounce there's not extreme spin it's it's batter friendly you always have the nice breeze coming across as well so that's something else for the bowlers to think about you get it up in, in that breeze whoa, it carries um, so no I, I think it will be a bat first just because you get the best use of the surface and I don't think the the, the lateness of the finish or the timing of the finish will come into effect brilliant stuff uh, Gareth well look Gareth will be part of the team uh, as well uh, the likes of Darren Goff Mark Nicholas uh, Neil Manthorpe uh, David Bumble Lloyd Nick Knight who's in town Rob Key Ian Bishop I mean so many I didn't even mention Andrew you McKenna Gerard oh and him Gerard Gerard <laughs> Gerard Kimber um, action gets underway at 3pm on TalkSport 2 but the coverage actually begins at 2pm so make sure you join us there following on we'll be back tomorrow as well uh, with a recap and a review with all player highlights uh, um, of the day's action uh, so that will be uh, at some point after the conclusion of the match so be sure to join us exclusively live for Heads Oof. Ed Smith nearly wore one <laughs> Um, so yes join us tomorrow for uh, following on to never miss an episode be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app see you tomorrow The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.